New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Let's get into it. Where's my music? Let's do it here. Chic. Good times. We're welcoming in the new year. That's right. That's right. We're live and local here. That was stale news there. That was yesterday's news. What the hell? We don't need traffic and weather. It's crime time here in New York City. Pump that volume up here. Pump that volume up. That's right. I was here from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. Six straight hours of broadcasting. So nice. They have me doing it twice. Coming back two to four. Go ahead. Pump up that volume here. Man, let's do it. Let's set it off. And then I'll be back tonight from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning. And then I come back on Sunday with the uh, aggressive progressive, Christopher Hahn. Oh, man. From 3 to 5. And then so nice, I finish off Sunday from 9 to 1 in the morning. Uh, after Frank Morano has uh, recovered from being half in the bag, celebrating the dropping of the ball in Times Square. He'll be back with all of you, 1 to 5, the other side of midnight. And then, yes, the boys are rejoined at the Hipfernal McGurk and Sid Rosenberg, who are away for eight days. They're back in morning drive from 6 to 10. So keep this music playing because this is the start of a new year. And reminds me of what happened back in 1979 when I had started the Guardian Angels patrolling the subways of New York City, the number four train, the Muggins Express, and then deciding to jump on the D train at Fordham Road and taking it to Stillwell Avenue, Coney Island, where we strutted our stuff onto the boardwalk and we told all the gangbangers, the crazy homicides and everyone else, time to clear out, pal. The 60th precinct was doing nothing, and we decided to flex. I'm not going to describe to you the methods that we use to get everything in control, but it certainly worked for 42 years, not just here in New York City, but in 13 countries and 130 cities all over the world. So with the ball dropping last night, it's incredible. Everybody was masked up in Times Square. They look like the Sphinx. They look like the Mummy. Everybody north of the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, and you notice you went down south, whether it was New Orleans, whether it was Nashville, whether it was Charleston, South Carolina. No masks, no social distancing. What a difference in the way this uh, country is dealing with this new derivative of coronavirus, the South African uh, strain. Totally, totally different. But let me set the rules and regulations for this two-hour extravaganza. First off, unlike a lot of the other shows you've been listening to, we're not talking best of or worst of uh, this past year, 2021. That's a double oofah. Who wants to listen to all that crap again? That's lazy radio. And this talk radio is ruled by you, the callers. Because I have a stream of consciousness. I don't interview guests. I don't want guests to tell us what they want to tell us. I don't want friendly guests for an amen chorus where they agree with everything I say and then the callers agree with everything I say. No, 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 no. We have to get adversarial from time to time. We've got to take more calls, not less calls. We've got to give people an opportunity to call up a talk radio program who have been listening for years. But you're... It's only the 1% who actually call. 
so you get an opportunity to get right into it because this is a different kind of a radio show than you're going to hear anywhere else. It is a stream of consciousness. In fact, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. To set it off, let's start with a caller who called from Wisconsin to the Frank Morano show, The Other Side of Midnight. She had no idea who Curtis Lee was, said, I know him from Jack Diddley Squad. Listen to what she had to say and know what's coming down the pipe in 2022 here in the number one news talk station in the nation with our 50,000 power for Watts of Sound here at WABC. Sarah is in Wisconsin. Sarah, let me hear your prediction for 2022. Hello, Frank. Well, first of all, your show, it has to do with programming at WABC. Your show will remain because you have the best show on, on WABC by far. And I just started listening to you in March, and I love you. But my prediction is that in 2022, you will remain, but the entire staff will be replaced by Curtis Sliwa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I never, you, you have to understand, never heard of Curtis Sliwa other than your, your show when he was running for mayor. So I had no idea, really, what he was. And, of course, now I know exactly what he is. <laughs> I tell you, Sarah, that might be one of the more accurate predictions that we've heard from anybody. <laughs> You're damn right, Sarah. More talk radio. When I was brought back five days after losing the mayoral uh, election, Eric Adams, our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, talk show host in his own right, had a press conference in which he said, hey, I'm signing up Curtis Lewis to a 30-year no-cut contract. That would make me broadcasting here up until I'm 96. I'm like a cat with nine lives. I've used eight of them up. I don't know if I'm going to make it uh, to then, you know, like Betty White trying to reach 100 years and unfortunately died a few years earlier. Well, I'm going to give it my all, and that's why, as John Katsimatidis said, the acronym for WABC, the most iconic call letters in the nation, stand for ABC, always broadcasting Curtis. Oh, yeah, always broadcasting Curtis. So late last night, I was here when the ball dropped. I had walked through Times Square, which was absolutely ridiculous. People were being checked for vax cards every five uh, feet. Uh, so many of the out-of-towners, because the local city residents, they never go to when the ball is dropping. No, 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 no. They stay at home and watch it on TV. So it's folks who come in from Montreal, Mexico City, Buenos Aires, parts unknown. And they're getting fake vax cards right outside of the Port Authority. I'm watching these guys sell it like stacks of hotcakes, like pancakes, right in front of the cops. I said to the cops, hey, you going to do anything about this? Not our business, not our business. And you could actually tell if you look at the vax card, it's got two lines where it's supposed to be signed by those administering your vaccine for the two shots, whether it was Pfizer or Moderna. It should be signed twice on different dates. You look at these fake fax cards, they're signed with the same handwriting, they have different dates, but you can tell. It's a fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi vax card. So that was it. The cops were next to the inspectors. They let in 15,000 people. It was all for show, even though it was a super spreader event extraordinaire. And at some point, high atop one Times Square, before the ball was dropping, Anderson Cooper, CNN, who was already half in the bag, drunk as a skunk, with his partner Andy Cohn, who was totally blitzed 
Well, Andy Cohn went on a rant and pretty much surmised what all of us feel as the ball dropped and comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, was leaving City Hall. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a rant. victory lap dance <laughs> after four years <laughs> of the, the crappiest charm as the mayor of New York. The That's only thing the that Democrats and Republicans can That's agree how, on I mean, is, is what a horrible mayor he has he, been. Wow. So sayonara, sucker. Wow. 2022. I mean, it's a new year. Because guess what? I have a feeling of which, I'm going to be standing right here which. next year. <laughs> and you know who I'm not going to be looking at? Dancing as the city comes aboard. This is what they did on CNN. I, I mean, I look, I give Andy Cohen credit. He lives in the West Village. Um, uh, that's uh, four years times two that he was a plague on the city, Andy. All of us, it didn't matter. Uh, left wing, right wing, conservatives, liberals, progressives, independents, apoliticals, everybody hated this guy. Just hated him. Hated him. Couldn't get out of City Hall quick enough. In fact, on the way out, listen to what this guy had to say on the Today Show, claiming that he's leaving the city in, a, in better shape than what he found it eight years ago. We cut out the Colombians. We take risks. No, 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 no. Wrong cut. Wrong cut. Let's get on it. Let's get on it. It's Live Talk Radio, man. We're sharp. This is Curtis Lewa. This is Mayor de Blasio on the Today Show saying he's leaving the city in better shape after eight years than he got it from Mayor Michael Bloomberg. Look, I, I'm convinced New Yorkers have shown us just a heroism and a beautiful passion uh, to move forward in this crisis and place is better off than it was eight years ago. Mr. Mayor, our time is thin, so I'll go for a one-word answer here. You said you're seriously thinking about running for governor. What's next? Are you going to run for governor of New York State? I will be traveling state in just a matter of days, so I'll have more to say then. <laughs> He's going to be running for governor after single-handedly destroying the city that we love with a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. And then he had the chutzpah, the Corleones, the Wapos to actually say that we are the safest big city in America. Let's go to Bill de Blasio saying we're the safest big city in America. Well, once again, turning the corner, uh, this is the safest big city in America. That is a fact. Yeah. And look, I I'm convinced New Yorkers have shown us just a heroism and a beautiful passion uh, to move forward in this crisis. Oh, God, so great he's out of office. Uh, in fact, he's not going to one of his two homes on 7th Avenue and 11th Street in Park Slope. Uh, that one home is being uh, redecorated for him and Charlene, who ripped off the city for one and a quarter billion dollars over the five years for a non-existent Thrive program that was supposed to help the emotionally disturbed, those lost souls out there. The guy ought to be locked up. He ought to be in a cell. Him and Charlene out there. Punk City protective custody on Rikers Island, the place he never lived. So he'll be in the penthouse apartment at the Marriott Hotel in downtown Brooklyn. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And a lot has been happening. Eric Adams said in his first 100 days as mayor, he's going to get stuff done. He certainly had his hands full this morning. He actually left the townhouse 
house he know, owns on Lafayette in Bed-Stuy. Probably one of the few times he's actually stayed there because we all know he lives in Fort Lee with Tracy Collins, his partner, in apartment 22H. But it didn't matter. He left his townhouse in Brooklyn, walked over to the Kosciusko train station on the J train. He had a posse of the media with him. Apparently, no uh, security from the NYPD. And while he was up on the platform, after using his Metro card to get in, he looks down onto the street. There's a Mickey D's there, McDonald's, right on Kosciusko, underneath the L train on J, on the J train, right underneath Broadway. And he see three guys, they're squaring off, they're fighting. Eric Adams decided, hey, I'm not going down there. These three guys probably got me by a bunch of, uh, a bunch of months. He calls 911. He tells the 911 operator, I'm the mayor, Eric Adams. It's a fight downstairs right there at Kosciusko in front of the Mickey D's. He waits there. The cops eventually come, two squad cars. The three guys get into their vehicle, drive away, and Eric Adams uh, appropriately says, hey, you know, they should have stopped these three guys. They should have at least questioned them. Then he gets on the J train for a few stops, takes it to the city hall station. He runs across homeless people in the subway car, an emotionally disturbed guy. One guy was half in the bag, still celebrating New Year's Eve, saying, you want to see my IT, mayor? And another guy stretched out on the seats. This is what the people have to deal with in the subway system each and every day. And then all of a sudden, he checks in for work at City Hall at 8.30 in the morning, far better than his predecessor, who normally wouldn't arrive at City Hall until about 11 in the morning. Remember, after leaving Gracie Mansion and the taxpayer-funded SUV with his NYPD escort, and he'd end up going to the Y in Park Slope, that dope, and then would walk across the street and have a croissant and a cup of coffee, roll into City Hall about 11, take a nap in the dungeon in the basement of City Hall and finally get to work at about 12 noon, leave at about 8 at night and call it a night. That's why we call him the part-time mayor. Oof, uh, Eric Adams said, no, 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 I'm going to be busy 24-7-365. And he was. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Patty in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here 2022 on WABC, Patty. Hi, Curtis. I met you a few times. I love you. You're a stand-up guy. I'm annoyed you didn't win the mayoral election, but that's another story for another day. Listen, you said earlier that, uh, the, you know, when they scanned the people at the uh, Times Square yesterday, they were all wearing masks. Wrong. I saw hundreds of people that the news showed this morning, Channel 4 and Channel 7. They were not wearing a mask, and I was happy to see that, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Well, by by the time they checked in, they started checking people in. They were only going to let 15,000 in where normally there'd be 100,000. Uh, if you didn't have a mask, they gave you a mask. They checked you uh, being masked up, and then naturally, as the ball was getting ready to drop, uh, all chaos broke loose. You know, people were hugging, they were kissing, all the things that Dr. Fauci said that you shouldn't do. Uh, they were waving those bandanas in the air like they just didn't care. They were like butt to nut, like sardines in a can. It was like a super spreader event, but I got to tell you, 
compared, Patty, to what I saw on Fox News at the same time. They were celebrating in Nashville in the world's largest gin mill, all indoors. Nobody was wearing masks. Nobody was socially distancing. Then in South Carolina, they had the meatball drop, the world's largest meatball that drops, that welcomes in the new year. Again, people out in the streets, no masks, no social distancing. And then Don Lemon of CNN, another guy was half in the bag. I don't know what it is about Anderson Cooper, Andy Cohen, Don Lemon in New Orleans. They were all drunk as skunks. Makes no sense to me whatsoever, but hey, that's their network. He's drunk as a skunk. He's dancing with people in the streets of New Orleans, Canal and Bourbon. Guess what? Nobody wearing masks, nobody social distancing, and yet north of the Mason-Dixon line, they keep putting fear, fright, hysteria, and hype into us that we have to socially distance, we have to have vaccine passports, we have to be vaccinated, one shot, two shot, we got to get a booster shot. Totally different south of the Mason-Dixon line, Patty. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So as Eric Adams had his first cabinet meeting in City Hall at 830 in the morning, good, good, starting the day off right, he was called. The bat signal went up. Eric Adams had to leave City Hall quickly. I don't think he took the subway up to 125th in Lexington. The four train is right there. Uh, But he had to go up in an emergency way with his brand new police commissioner. As you know, she had been the head of the detective squad in Nassau County, about 300 uh, men and women. And now she's in charge of a police department of 35,000. Well, at least they were at the scene because early this morning, a cop, while laying back in his car in the parking lot of the 25th Precinct in Harlem on 119th Street, East Harlem, right near the Metro North uh, tracks, got shot through the passenger side window, right in his head. He had to be rushed to Columbia Presbyterian. And to his credit, Eric Adams was there, the brand new police commissioner was there, Pat Lynch of the PBA was there, other police officers responded, the police officer will recover, he will survive this attack. But was it an errant shot? Was it shots fired from the Metro North track? A nearby rooftop? Was it just normal shots that are fired in that area because it's crime time 24-7-365? When we come back, it's the news story of the day. You're going to hear it from Curtis Lewa. We're not giving you a holy moly old stale news from the day before. Oh, no. When it's Curtis Lewa, it's live and local, and I've got the pulse of our city. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Listen, baby. You know it. I win you dancing, yeah. You show it. I win you move, move, move. You know it. I win you dancing, yeah. You show it. As you move across the floor. Yeah, let's keep this party going. From the wee hours of the morning when I was broadcasting to all of you, took a few hours to max and relax, recharge my Delco batteries, and I'm pumping out the news of the day. No, it's not the holy moly stale news you just heard. It's the news that just happened hours ago at the 25th Precinct in East Harlem. There was a police officer, apparently he had to do two shifts because 20% of the NYPD is out. 
because they've been diagnosed with a positive test for coronavirus. 20% of the NYPD. So the guys and gals are doing double shifts. So as far as I could tell, this police officer either had done a double shift or was coming from one shift to do a double shift, was reclined in his personal vehicle. In the parking lot of the 25th Precinct, which is right off East 109th Street between Park Avenue and Lexington Avenue, Dope Fiend Central over there. It's like uh, zombies. It's like Dawn of the Dead. Not far away on 126th Street, north of, uh, uh, well, not north of the park, but north of 125th on 126th Street is the new injection center that was set up by Comrade Bill de Blasio on the Department of Health on the way out. So you got men and women lining up there all day long so that they can go inside with their bags of P-dope and get injected. That's right, injected at taxpayers' expense. You have Nurse Ratchet there. She makes sure that they're going to be injected in the proper entry point so that they're not getting scabs and sores or potentially transferring HIV-AIDS from a dirty needle into their own veins and arteries or potentially getting hepatitis C. The problem is, is that at that injection center, and there's another one in Washington Heights, These dope fiends are bringing the dope themselves. They're not giving them free dope. They're not giving them free fentanyl, free heroin. They get to smoke crack inside, meth, whatever goes. Whatever their drug habit is, they get to do it in that injection center with the idea that they're going to be cleanly injected and prevent the transfer of disease. I get that. We don't want people getting hepatitis C. We don't want transferring it with dirty needles. We don't want people getting HIV, AIDS because of dirty needles. Got it. Got it. But they're not even giving them the free P-dope, the drugs. So the drug dealers are everywhere. They're slinging drugs. The dope users, the dope fiends, they know that. So the drug uh, sellers are outside. And in fact, they are, they are like vendors at Yankee Stadium or City Field selling peanuts, popcorn, Cracker Jack. And nobody's doing anything. Right? It's illegal to sell those kind of drugs, we thought, in New York City. But apparently it is legal to sell the drugs, even if it's heroin, even if it's fentanyl, even if it's crack, even if it's meth, even if it's K2. But, oh, let me tell you something. Uh, there's going to be a hell of a price to pay, and it's not going to be the NYPD. It's not going to be Governor Kathy Holcomb. Holcomb because she's full of nonsense. It's not going to be the FBI. It's not going to be a, a federal task force with state or local authorities. It's going to be the IRS. Let me take you back to that famous scene in Scarface, starring Al Pacino as Tony Montagna. When he's visiting the main drug dealer, I guess in either Medellin or Cali cartel with his partner, Frank Lopez. And all of a sudden they start talking business. That's not talking ounces or pounds. They're talking kilos. We cut out the Colombians. We take risks on both sides. So why don't we split the risk? You guarantee your delivery, say, as far as Panama. We take it from there. Panama, risky. Cost me more. Panama can sell for 13.5 a key. 13.5? What are you, must? 13.5? We still got to take that to Florida, man. Do you know what that's like these days? 
Guess what? Tony Montagna today would not be pinched by the federal authorities, the DEA, the state troopers in Florida, or even the local law enforcement in Miami, Metro-Dade, or the city of Miami. It would be the IRS. That's right, on January 1st, the IRS. Supposedly, it'll get 85,000 new IRS agents if uh, Chuck Schumer, the schmuck to putz, uh, the majority leader of the Democrats, ever pushes through the Senate, as he says he will, to build the back program bill. Because in that bill, there's monies to hire 85,000 more IRS agents. Uh, naturally, the poor, the indigent, they can't pay taxes. The rich, the whales, they know how to shield their money. So that means it's going to be the upper middle class, the middle class, and the lower middle class who get raked over the coals by the IRS. But the IRS wants all thugs, all criminals, all Tony Montanas of the world, all drug dealers to know that they must report their illegal income. And pay taxes on it. Let me read to you from the advisory. Fresh off the press from the IRS. That's right. If you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income in the year that you stole it. Unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. Uh, The IRS is not going to report you to law enforcement. Now, figure this out. Here's one federal agency in which you're admitting committing crime. They just want you to pay the taxes on it. And that federal agency, the Treasury Department, is not going to inform the DEA, not going to inform the FBI, county law enforcement, state law enforcement, or local law enforcement. They just want you to pay your taxes. And they go on to say, drug dealers or any other illegal activities, must report their earnings. White-collar criminals, insurance fraud, extortion, racketeering, income from illegal activities, such as dollars from dealing illegal drugs, must be included in your income on Schedule 1, Form 1040, Line 8C, or on Schedule C, Form 1040. Uh, And if you're self-employed, they have uh, special, special paperwork for you to fill out to the IRS. And I ask you all of this out here. Can career thieves deduct work expenses like you can when you file your 1040? In this case, ski masks, crowbars, getaway vans on their tax forms. And does the IRS promise... Promise, uh, cross their heart and hope to die. Promise on a stack of Bibles that they're not going to report you to the DEA, the FBI, the state police, the county police, the municipal police, or the city police. It shows you how uh, agencies in the federal government don't communicate at all and how the IRS, all they care about is that they get their money. And you can imagine if the Build-A-Back bill actually passes with an additional 85,000 agents They'll be visiting drug dealers, criminals, thugs, members of organized crime, street gangs, and saying, we're not here to arrest you. We're not here to put the silver bracelets on you. We're just here to basically tell you, you got to pay your fair share of taxes. This is the height of lunacy. People commit crimes in America today, and they don't get arrested. It can be on video. They could have photographs of it. They could have victim impact statements. You don't get arrested for that. It's no cash bail. You get returned to the streets with what we call a disappearance ticket by the cops or a desk appearance ticket for some future court date in which you probably do the bird and never show up. God forbid you don't pay your taxes. 
the IRS with those additional 85,000 uh, agents that they desperately want in this build a back bill that Schumer says he's going to ram through the Senate one way or another with Manchin support from West Virginia without its support because we got to go after criminals so that they pay their fair share. That's how crazy it is in America in this brand new year of 2022. It's the IRS that's flexing to criminals, not the FBI, not the DEA, not the Department of Justice. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Thomas calling from my hometown, Canarsi. Your turn to be heard here on brand new first day of 2022, Tommy. Yes, good morning. And furthermore, I wanted to conclude the story about Tommy over there, Ungaro, when I met him on Avenue U after the fact of the matter of us doing block party hopping. And he, wa- he wanted to take me into 115. I took him over there. I said, listen, don't even buy one over there. He was about to get a Steven Seagal, and the other ones were going to get a, a, a Van Damme at a blood sport. Uh, well, anyway, when I when I met him in Avenue UF, he he, I, he said to me, "Listen, I'm serious. If you ever need anything, this he gave my respect because I stood up to him." You stood up to him. What, Steven Seagal? Huh? You stood up to him? Oh no, Tommy Ungro. He oh, became my oh, friend yeah, now. Tommy. All right, I, I, hey, big Tommy. Oh, you stood up to him, and and uh, he didn't throw a spinning hook kick and an axe kick at you. He didn't do nothing. When he was he was, so I was standing still ready there to go, he he didn't want to move because when he I was going to be his keister. Oh, knock him on his keister. Tough guy Tommy there, right? Avenue U, what, in front of King's Plaza? No, one of them clubs over there, the Avenue by Brennan's. Oh, you don't remember which club it was? Oh, it's a small little hole in the wall. We, we, you know, during Halloween, you went in there, I won a bottle of Amaretto. Yeah, let me tell you something. That's, uh... Uh, me and Russell Salzberg were substituting for Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg. They were gone for eight days for vacation. They'll return on Monday, same time, same place, 6 to 10, Monday through Fridays in the morning. And Russ was from around that area, and we were reminiscing. You have an opportunity to reminisce, too, as we broke through 2021, couldn't be worse, into the brand-new first day of 2022 with all of you live and local radio here at WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation, with yours truly, Curtis Lewa. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Barbara in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here in 2022 here on WABC, Bob. Curtis, there's never enough Curtis Lewa on the radio. I have to say that. You just make sense of everything that's going on. You you have your feet on the ground. You don't have your head in the clouds. You're honorable. You're truthful. You're hardworking. You're everything a man should be. I, I think you're absolutely just wonderful, and WABC is very fortunate to have you on the air. Well, uh, I want that promo change, Barbara. They say the king of New York. I'm not the king of New York. First of all, I never ate margarine. I never ate mazola. I hated margarine. Never used that. It's the schmear on my bagel. It was also always Philadelphia cream cheese, which is in short supply. They have a shortage of cream cheese along with everything else. I want that promo to say Curtis Lewa, who knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. I think that's much more appropriate, Barbara, wouldn't you? Yes, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, I started listening to you way back when you were on with Ron Kuby, and that led to me listening to ABC, WABC more and more. And when Mr. Katsimatidis took over, 
and revamped the whole station. It's the only station I listen to, with the exception of Mark Simone. Oh, I know that. I know that. I tell management here, ownership, hey, come on. This guy, Mark Simone, is eating on lunch in mid-mornings. It's time for us to retaliate, Barbara. It's time for us to take his lunch away, his croissants, and his cup of coffee. He's a good broadcaster, but I tell you, Barbara, now that I'm back at WABC, we're going to take Mark Simone down. We're taking him down so that you listen to WABC 247365, and then you have the new edition, courtesy of John and Margot Katsimatidis, and our capo de tutti here at WABC. WABC Chad Lopez, the uh, WABC Radio TV. That's right, TV that is simultaneous to the radio broadcast. Then you got all the podcasts. If you missed the live broadcast, you go to WABCRadio.com. You got a brand new podcast featuring my oldest son Anthony, who's an intern here at WABC in the afternoons. We do it once a week. We've got three in the can. It's called a Father and Son Podcast featuring Curtis and Anthony. Although Anthony wants to change to Anthony and Curtis. And by the way, since he's eighteen and he's got a learner's permit. He wants me to buy him, get this, a brand-new Dodge Charger. Brand-new Dodge Charger. I said, hey, kid, go out and get a paper out. And then they told me they don't let kids deliver newspapers anymore. What has happened to America? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Up the volume, there. It's the Tramps Disco Inferno from Saturday Night Fever. Reminds me, I'll be on 86th Street in Bay Ridge tomorrow, 4th Avenue, where those two young men, those Russian Jews, were attacked. One of them wearing a Israeli Defense Force uh, pullover hoodie. They still haven't found the thugs who did it. It was 11 a.m., 11 a.m., broad daylight. Any of you who've ever shopped till you drop on 86th Street, 4th Avenue in Bay Ridge, no, it's packed. Tell me that nobody saw it. Tell me there weren't videos. Tell me there weren't photographs. Of course there were. And it's a week later and still no arrests. So it's time for us to go out there, bust our shoes. I know the brand-new councilwoman from Brighton Beach will be there, Republican conservative. And, yes, former Assemblyman Dove Hyken. I'll be joining him with some of the Guardian Angels uh, and with some of those uh, in the Republican Party, the GOP of Brooklyn, including Martin Fox, who uh, just barely lost that city council manic seat. The elected Democrats there say nothing about nothing. This guy took a beatdown simply because he was wearing an Israeli Defense Force uh, green hoodie, clearly visible at 11 a.m. in the morning. It gave him a beatdown. He told him, hey, you dirty Jews, get out of here. And still, it's like almost a week later, nothing's been done. I'm sure there's video, I'm sure there's photographs. I don't know how seriously the cops are looking at it. It's clearly a hate crime. 
But I guarantee if they make an arrest at, at the rate things are going with the Brooklyn DA, Eric Gonzalez, who if you get arrested in Brooklyn, they give you remediation for a gun. They don't lock you up. It's remediation. So you sit down in a room and they tell you, hey, don't do it again. Remember, uh, gun crimes are very serious. Can you believe this? In the largest borough of the five boroughs of the city of New York, if you get clipped while carrying a gun, Eric Gonzalez, the weak, soft, turn them loose DA, assigns you to remediation. Doesn't prosecute you to the full extent of the law. Used to be you get caught with a gun, illegal handgun. It's a year mandatory in jail. And if you got a clip in there, right? A loaded weapon, it's even more. And if you shoot it, it's even more. And if you hit somebody, it's even more. No more. No more, Brooklyn. Eric Gonzalez says, hey, let's just uh, sit down and try to discuss this and hope you don't do it any longer with remediation. That is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. And yet, other DAs are wanting to do that now all over the country. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. You know that song? Give me the tramps again. Disco in front of what reminds me back in August of this summer when I was running for mayor of the city of New York. Remember de Blasio and then Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta, Cuomo, King Cuomo I, swore that if we got a vaccine because rates of coronavirus were at an all-time low, that we wouldn't have to wear masks anymore. Remember that? People, it was like the summer equinox. People were dancing in the streets. As part of my campaign for mayor, we brought in the existing tramps from Philadelphia. They entertained the crowd, and we burnt our masks. And I burnt my hand while burning people's masks. It was great. And then all of a sudden, a month later... It was the lockdown again. It was the mask mandate, and now we have the vaccine mandate. And Eric Adams has said he's going to carry on what de Blasio left behind, that for 184,000 private businesses, you must demand that your employees are vaccinated, at least with one shot. Who knows? In a few weeks, there may be two shots, the boosters, who knows more. And the kids going back to school, all of them are going to have to be vaccinated, or it's out you go. I guess then you only have a choice of homeschooling. But in some cases, I think parents would be wiser to keep their kids at home and homeschool them rather than send them to some of our dysfunctional public schools in the five boroughs of the city of New York. A lot more news taking place today. We need to ratchet it up here at WABC. We had that corny, stale news from yesterday. Hey, that's an insult to me here. That's an insult. I'm doing live and local programming. I got to listen to news from yesterday. With everything that's going on in the city on day one of 2022, no, 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 now that I'm back, now that I'm back, if our news folks aren't going to give us live and local news, Curtis Lee will, from the streets to the suites, will let you know everything that's going on. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go, if we can, to Mary, calling from Bud Lake, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on the first day of 2022 on WABC, Mayor. Hi, Curtis. I have a question um, about the IRS requiring taxes to be paid on uh, illegal property. Yeah, you got to pay your taxes. The IRS issued that uh, memorandum just yesterday, the start of the year. Well, if they are accepting and, and requiring a percentage of the value of property that they know for a fact is stolen, then doesn't that implicate them in fencing of some sort? <laughs> Now, that's brilliant, Mary, right? 
Well, they get, all they are interested in is their percentage, right, Mary? So they're like complicit in a criminal act because they're basically telling, we know you're selling hot goods. We know you're doing a bait and switch out of the back of your storefront business. But we don't care. We're not going to report you to the feds, to the state police, the county cops, the municipal cops. We just want our percentage of the taxes. And then we don't report it to anybody else. You're absolutely right, Mary. I knew if anybody'd know it, you'd know it. Well, you know, remember, let's take you back in time. When they couldn't pinch Al Capone on criminal charges, first off, he bought the mayor, uh, Big Bill Thompson, I think that was his name, a Republican in Chicago, crooked to the day is long, and he bought out the police department in Chi-Town, corrupt back then. In fact, uh, he couldn't make it in New York. You know how they say, Mary, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere? He couldn't make it in New York, Al Capone, so he had to go out to Chicago to become the head of organized crime. He developed the drive-by shootings that unfortunately are a plague in cities all across America by street gangs. And the only way they were able to pinch him, if you remember watching the movie The Untouchables or the um, old uh, black and white TV series, it was great. Remember Elliot Ness, played by Robert Stack? Oh, it was great, great TV Although they didn't really have much of Capone, they had more of his second guy, Frank Nitti. It was uh, Elliot Ness, Robert Stack versus Frank Nitti and the commission. But remember, they busted them with Treasury agents because they went at them and they found the number two pencils. They sharpened their number two pencils and found that Al Capone had an accountant in Cicero, right outside of Chicago, which he owned, lock, stock, and barrel. And the accountant's name was Greasy Thumbs Goosick. The reason he was greasy thumbs, he would be eating a a big Polish uh, sausage every day that was greasy. So he'd have two sets of books. One set of books for the government, if they came in, sticking their long nose in uh, the Capone trough. And he had a set of books for Capone himself. And when they actually seized the books when they did a raid, the Treasury Department, the IRS did a raid took the books, they compared the books, and the way they knew it was prepared by Greasy Thumb Goosey, because they didn't have his name on it, is that it had his thumbprints and his fingerprints from the grease from the Polish sausages on both books. And they were able to say, see, these were Capone's books. He got found guilty. And remember, where did he end up being assigned eventually after he had a due time in Atlanta Federal Penitentiary, still open, really bad old jail? They shipped him to Alcatraz. And what happened when Capone was on Alcatraz? What? He developed syphilis. And remember, he was ranting and raving (laughs) in his cell. Then I think think they eventually released him, and I think he was down there off Singer Island, which is off of Riviera Beach in Palm Beach County. And then, uh, well, they claim... It was an attempted assassination of FDR. Uh, instead, they uh, they clipped the new mayor of Chicago, who was a crime bust. So I think I I, I got to connect the dots, Mary. I'm a little mashug. I'm a little ubats here today. Details you have. Well, it's the IRS. Remember, uh, the FBI couldn't do it uh, back then. They uh, uh, the FBI stood for forever busting Italians. They weren't able to do it because eventually when J. Edgar Hoover took over the FBI, uh, he claimed there was no such thing as Italian organized crime uh, because he would go to the racetrack with his boyfriend in Arlington, Virginia each day. He was a degenerate gambler, and the head of organized crime would fix 
the races so that J. Edgar Hoover would always win. Well, the FBI hasn't really changed that much, I guess. No. No, they haven't. They went from forever busting Italians, FBI, to forever busting Islamists, to then all of a sudden getting involved in the politics of America. You figure that out. But I ask this question, Mary, of all of our listeners. Who was the head of organized crime who would fix the horse races for J. Edgar Hoover and his boyfriend? That's right. He had a boyfriend in the FBI, the number two guy. Who was that? And what eventually happened to that head of organized crime? A very infamous situation in which um, he got a warning. He understood it. And he was one of the few who could actually retire without having to go swim with the fishes. Now, you see, that's a brain buster there. But I know some of you out there, you're Mensa people. Uh, you know, you're, you're scratching your head right now. You're saying, hey, yeah, I, I'm going to put it all together in my mind. I'm going to be able to answer Curtis Lewa because this is the Curtis Lewa super spectacular question of the day. Uh, the rules and regulations are don't ask, don't tell, because I'm so cheap. I throw nickels around like manhole covers. If you actually get the answer, I will cellophane up your your booby prize with lots of scotch tape. Put it in an envelope and send it to your COD, cash on delivery. I ain't paying for the postage. You're going to have to. But, oh, what a booby prize it'll be. If only you knew the answer to that question. Who fixed the races for J. Edgar Hoover, head of the FBI, and his boyfriend, who would go almost every day to Arlington, Virginia, to watch the ponies uh, run, and miraculously he would always win. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. you're going to be tomorrow, day number two of this new year. You got to join me on 86th and 4th Avenue in front of the Foot Locker. Uh, Dove Hyken, the former assemblyman, will be there. The brand new city councilwoman from the Brighton Beach area will be there. Brian Fox, the guy who almost became the city council guy there, and a whole bunch of others outraged over the fact that at 11 a.m. on a normal day when there's traffic all along 86 in the heart of Bay Ridge, which was the scene for Saturday Night Fever and for John Travolta, that guys could come up to these two Jewish boys from Russia, one of them wearing an Israeli Defense Force hoodie, and tell them, hey, you dirty Jews, get out of here. And then they gave the one kid a beatdown. He had a big knot on his head. You would think by now, right? They got video. They got pictures. Uh, it's a hate crime. They grab the guys. They give them a, dis- a disappearance ticket, a desk appearance ticket, like everybody else in New York City. Uh, and they have a court date at some point in the future. They got bupkis. They got ugats at this point. We got to keep the pressure on. Anyway, let's go to the phones because I asked a question. As I do ask questions uh, in every hour that I broadcast here at WABC because it's synergistic. Uh, it's me and you, the callers. That's really what makes good old-fashioned talk radio. Not guess. 
Yes, it's like a hand cluck, right? Hey, I agree with you. No, 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 I agree with you. I scratch your belly, you scratch mine. And then the caller calls in. Oh, I totally agree with you. Oh, that's real interesting talk radio. Not. Let's go to Ron calling from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ronnie. Hi, Curtis. Enjoyed you since the days of Bob Grant when I think you started out yes. in the early days. Yes, the king of talk radio, Bob Grant, who was my mentor, who got me my start at WABC when the suits, the mockers, would not allow me to broadcast on WABC. He had the power of being the number one talk show host in America and said, hey, and, and this is the words he used to them. He said, Curtis Lee knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. <laughs> That's right. Well, Curtis, I got the answer for you. Good. I think it was Paul Needle-Nosed Menage of the Uomatsa to the Fondo family, Rudy Ashwinar Consigliere, in the words of Bob Grant. Mm, Ron, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Although, nice try. Nice try. Uh, very, uh, very provocative, very creative, a string of adjectives. Yeah, I like it, like a Gatling gun. Uh, let's go to Peter from New Jersey. Uh, see if you know who I was talking about with J. Edgar Hoover, Peter. Yeah, but Curtis, how you doing? Hey, I yeah, no, no, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Peter. Man, we started the, the year, and we haven't established the rules and regulations for callers. Yeah, I know you get away with everything on all of the shows. They're just happy to have callers, right? Oh, they're happy to have callers. So you ask, how you doing? Peter, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. It doesn't matter what day it is. I've had better days. Will we establish that, Peter? Yep. Okay. Go, go on with your point, Peter. I like to say Lucky Luciano, but he's New York and Miami, so the only mobster I know in Chicago at that time was Buzz Moran. Wow. What do you say? He was a pole. He was a Polak, uh, Buzz Moran. Man, what's wrong with you guys? This was a point of history. J. Edgar Hoover, head of the FBI who said there was no such thing as organized crime, Italian organized crime, every day would go to the races in Arlington except on Sunday with his boyfriend. Who was his boyfriend, the number two guy in the FBI? That's right. They had the urge to merge back then. Uh, And the head of organized crime would fix the races for them so they'd always win. Every race. Like people would say, wow, you got the touch of the races. He knew in advance who would win the races. Let's go to Nick in Middle Village. Let's try uh, New York City instead of Jersey on this, Nick. Hi. Uh, it was uh, the boss was uh, Frank Costello. He gave the order. Yeah. And he and he did it. He didn't do it himself. He used to do it through Johnny Rostelli, a young guy, a young hood. But the boss, the guy who uh, gave the orders about every race was Frank Costello. Yes. Brilliant. And he was a Natalie attired guy, GQ, got along splendidly with uh, J. Edgar Hoover, blackmailed him because he had the pictures of him and his boyfriend, the number two guy. Remember the number two guy who his boyfriend was in the FBI? Yeah, I, re- I don't remember his name, but I remember he did have his, uh, his uh, Gumada boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Frank Costello's taking pictures like the mob does, blackmailing him, letting him win all the races. And then what does Dad go Hoover come out and say when people say, you know, there's the growing influence of uh, Italian organized crime. And Jay Hoover said, no such thing as Italian organized crime. This guy was the head of the FBI. I'm telling you, we've had problems with the FBI forever. 
You're dead on, Nick. I, I just need somebody out there to finish connecting the dots. Who is the boy toy boyfriend of J. Edgar Hoover? Who would go with him, the number two guy in the FBI who would always be at his side because they were boyfriend and boyfriend, uh, and who benefited from the fixed races of Costello. And by the way, uh, do you know, Nick, how uh, Costello was driven out of organized crime, uh, able to stand on his two legs? Well, well, they took that famous shot at him that hit his hat. And uh, that was the, he knew then he had to retire. And uh, he uh, he retired. He did. That was it. And the guy who shot him, he said, uh, yelled out, this is for you, Frank. And uh, Costello says, I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to do this anymore. And he put in his papers. Uh, my father used to say to me, he's the only one that was able to put in his papers and retire legitimately. The, right, with the gold watch down to Boca Raton. By the way, do you know who it was that shot at him in the stairwell of his apartment building, not far from where I live now, off of Central Park West? I understand it was Carlo Gambino. No. No, yeah, I see you were almost there, almost there, Nick. I don't know. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I'm going to leave it for our listeners out there to know who was standing in the stairwell when Costello walks into his uh, building. Oh, top flight building, Central Park West, right across the street from uh, Central Park itself. And uh, as uh, Nick uh, from Middle Village stated, uh, one shot was fired. This is for you, Frank. Who fired the shot and missed him? That's right. They missed him, shot him in the hat. one 800 <laughs> Eight four eight nine two two two. Oh, Scott in Brooklyn seems to know who uh, J. Edgar Hoover's boyfriend was. Scott, uh, who who might that be? Scott? I sure I, I sure do. His nickname was Speed, but his real name was Clyde Tolson. Yes, yes, excellent. Now, do you know? Oftentimes, uh, when J. Edgar Hoover was in New York, uh, where he would frequent wearing a dress. You know that, Scott. Plaza Hotel. I don't know. You got me on that. No, no, no. Plaza Hotel. And who would his guest be? Cardinal Spellman. Wearing a dress also. Jeez. All of this freaky deaky stuff was going on. The media knew it. Reporters knew it. But back then, they took the coat of Omerta. It was hush, hush, mush, mush. Well, you see, you hear this all from Curtis Sliver because I just lay it all out for you the way it is. Any, we got, we got another hour to go. More breaking news happening on Eric Adams' first day as mayor of the city of New York. He's already done a better job in one day than de Blasio did in eight years single-handedly destroying the city that we love. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
have been broadcasting since the ball dropped last night at one Times Square to welcome in the new year 2022 and segue the exit of the worst mayor ever in the city of New York, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his uh, wife, Charlene McRae. Oh, God. Got to get that stain uh, off uh, of the history of New York. And now he says, oh, I'm going to be going on a uh, statewide tour. I might be running for governor of the state of New York. Oh, my God. Any insult to injury? Anyway, let's recap it because it's never a slow news day here at WABC. Never, never a slow news. Whoever was doing the news there, that's old news. Uh, That was like from yesterday. Let me give you the updated news because I got my finger on the pulse of New York City, as we normally do. So Eric Adams wakes up in his townhouse on Lafayette in Bed-Stuy this morning. First time he's done that in a month of Sundays because we know he lives in Fort Lee. But he's going to have to change that now that he's mayor. And he claims he's going to be moving into Gracie Mansion. Once the deadbeat, the slacker, the nor-do-well, de Blasio and Charlene move out. They still haven't moved out yet. They're going to be living in the Marriott Hotel, downtown Brooklyn, in the penthouse until uh, their... Uh, building there on 7th Avenue and 11th Street in their friendly environs of Park Slope is completely rehab for them to once again re-enter that building. Just hope he goes up to uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, where he was birthed, becomes an adjunct professor at Harvard University, and ruins a whole new generation teaching them poli-sci, probably telling them what a great guy Daniel Ortega was in Nicaragua, the dictator that he loved, the Sandinistas, and actually Fidel Castro and Raul Castro behind the sugarcane curtain of Cuba where he spent his honeymoon. Anyway, let's put them aside. So Eric Adams was sworn into office last night after the ball dropped. This morning, he got an early start, 8 a.m. He leaves his townhouse in Brooklyn. He walks over to the Kosciusko J-Train stop. He's going to take the train in. It's an elevated stop. Uh, down below, he see three guys fighting in the street outside the Mickey D's. I've been there many times. He decides, hey, I don't have any police with me, so he calls it in 911. And he tells the uh, 911 operator, hey, it's the mayor, Eric Adams. Uh, two squad cars arrive. I'm pretty sure from the 90th precinct. Uh, and Eric Adams said they didn't stop the three. The three got in a car and drove away. He said, hey, look, uh, I'm going to talk to those coppers and tell them they should at least question him. Yeah, it's a good first call. Uh, so then he takes the J train into the city. It's a few stops. And he sees homeless people sleeping on the seat. This is all in one car, I might add. Homeless guys sleeping on the street, uh, the, uh, the seat. Emotionally disturbed guy acting up, and a guy was clearly still drunk from partying the night before, telling the mayor, you want to see my ID? You want to see my vax card? And so Eric Adams came to the conclusion very quickly that the subways are out of control. So he goes in for his first day, 830. He's going to have his staff meeting, unlike Comrade Bill de Blasio, who would only get started hours later after jumping in the SUV with his police intel group, going down to that Y and Park Slope after a workout there across the street for his croissant cup of coffee, show up at City Hall at 11, sleep for an hour in the basement, and then finally get to work at 12 noon, and end his day at 8 at night. That's why I called him the part-time mayor. Well, we know at least uh, Eric Adams will not do that. But before he could even sit down with his first staff meeting, he had to jet up to the 25th Precinct in East Harlem on 119th Street in the shadow of the Metro North tracks between Park Avenue and Lexington Avenue because a cop, apparently who was working two shifts, 
Because remember, the cops, 20% of them are out because they've tested positive for coronavirus. So he was working two shifts. He probably had to work the shift where the ball was dropping in Times Square. That nonsense. Uh, he comes back to the uh, uh, the uh, lot, the parking lot there that's attached to the 25th Precinct, 119th Street. He's in his own private car. He's reclined in the seat. And apparently at some point early this morning, a bullet shatters uh, the driver's uh, side of his private vehicle. And he's shot in the head. He's whisked away to Columbia Presbyterian. He had surgery. He'll be okay. He'll survive. To his credit, brand new Mayor Eric Adams, the brand new police commissioner, the young lady who he recruited from the Nassau County uh, Police Department, who was head of the detectives unit, a total of about 300 men and women. Uh, she was there. Patty Lynch was there. The PBA, uh, the appropriate number of people responded. Eric Adams said, hey, we're not, we're not dealing with this. Uh, we're not dealing with this uh, in the city now. No, 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 no. We're going to find out who did this. Now, could be any number of things. You know, there's video all over there. That's Dope Fiend Alley. If you've ever been by the 125th in Lexington, they bring the homeless guys in each night. Uh, they're bunked down on Randall's Island. They come in. A lot of them are dope fiends. They got that injection center now on 126. They line up to go in. Uh, Nurse Ratchet gives them a clean needle, shoots them up with whatever P-dope they have, fentanyl, uh, heroin, uh, whether they're smoking meth or crack or K2, it doesn't matter. You get to to do it in that injection center at taxpayers' expense. Except, except outside are all the drug dealers because like vendors at City Field or Yankee Stadium, they know that you need drugs. So they're dealing fentanyl, they're dealing heroin, they're dealing meth, they're dealing crack. And guess what? They're not getting arrested for it. How stupid is that at taxpayers' expense? But that's why there's so much crime in that area, so much crime. So either the shots were errant, uh, maybe from a nearby rooftop, Maybe it was people who were having a gun battle and it was an errant bullet. Or maybe that police officer, while he was sleeping, reclined in his own personal car in the parking lot of the precinct, the 25th precinct on East 119th Street between Park and Lexington. Uh, maybe it was meant for him. All of that is to be determined. I will tell you what would have happened old school. I don't know if Eric Adams ordered this. If I had been lucky enough to be mayor of the city of New York, I would have told the cops in the 25th precinct and the nearby precincts, I want everybody in this neighborhood tossed. Everybody who's involved in criminal activity. I don't care if they're selling K2, crack, meth, heroin, fentanyl, whatever it is. I don't care if they're users. I want them tossed. I want them swept down. I want information. Somebody out there in the streets knows who fired that shot. And nobody does anything criminally or illegally in the streets for the next 72 hours. You lock down that whole area of East Harlem until they give up a name or names. That's how you get that answer. I don't think Eric Adams and the brand new police commissioner are going to do that. I wish they would. Because somebody would cough up the name or names real quick because they'd want to go back to earning money. And as you know, the other lead story I told you about. The IRS, the only law enforcement agency that is coming after these drug dealers, these criminals, these home invaders, these people who do bait and switch and steal hot products. The IRS has issued an MO, not the FBI, not the Department of Justice, not the DEA, not the NYPD, not the state police, uh, not the county police anywhere in America. 
But the IRS has said to all those drug dealers out there, hey, you got to report your income. We know it's illegal. But if you don't report your income and you don't pay your taxes, we're coming after you. The IRS, not the FBI, not the DEA, not the Justice Department, not the state troopers, not the NYPD, not any municipal police, not the county sheriffs, the IRS. And we're not going to tell law enforcement, just pay your taxes. That's all the government cares about, getting their money. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. There are other stories here. There's a shoplift that's been busted a hundred times. I'll tell you about it uh, in a moment. A hundred times this guy has been busted since 2019 shoplifting. And advocates uh, for this guy have said, oh, he's a poor guy, misunderstood. He's disenfranchised. He needs mental health care. Mental health care needs to be in jail. Imagine he's gone in, and a lot of times the same Target store in Tribeca, twice a day, he's filled up the bags, the Dwayne Reed bags, and walked out. Oh, my God. one 800 Let's go back to the phones, because this is interactive. I do the kind of program different than the other hosts or hostesses here. I don't do guests. I don't have an amen love fest with a guest and with callers. We get right into it. We give you the news of the day. We have our finger on the pulse of everything that's happening, not just locally, but nationally, internationally, but with a heavy emphasis on what's happening in the tri-state area. Let's go to Mike in St. James. Your turn to be heard. First day of 2022 here on WABC, Mike. Hello, Curtis. Great show. Would you consider becoming a self-appointed ombudsman to point out the failures of city government for the next 30 years? Well, now remember, John Katsimatidis uh, already, when I lost the mayoralty to Eric Adams, announced five days later at a press conference here that he signed me up to a 30-year no-cut contract to continue to broadcast here. I don't know if I'll make it to 97 at the rate I'm going. But, yeah, I'm sort of like an ombudsman to begin with. I'm sort of like a public advocate who doesn't soak up the taxpayers. That makes a lot of sense, Mike. Please take the job. Uh, now, my next question isn't there any federal agency that would go after the $900 million that disappeared into Operation Thrive? Uh, let me tell you, it's more than $900 million. Over five years, um, Bill de Blasio put his wife in charge, who had absolutely no expertise in the mental health field. Uh, they have spent one and a quarter billion dollars, averaging $250 million a year. It's in the budget for this coming year, $350 million. They've changed the name of the service. Hopefully, Eric Adams uh, eliminates that, but I don't think he will. Uh, and yes, he needs to be prosecuted. We need to have the um, uh, Department of Investigation, the DOI, request all the paperwork. They need to subpoena the paperwork. And if uh, the numbers don't match, uh, then we got to figure out if the money is in a bank in the Cayman Islands, in Panama, a Swiss bank account, and prosecute both those de Blasio's to the full extent of the law. That's what I would do, Mike. Curtis, any uh, statute of limitations on that scam? Uh, not that I know of. Not that I know of, but because this is a Democratic-controlled state, uh, the attorney general who could prosecute is Tish Jane. She only wants to prosecute Trump, Trump's family, Trump businesses. She has eyes only for that. Uh, Kathy Hokum, I call her Hokum, not Hokel, because she's full of nonsense. She won't do it. Uh, the new mayor, Eric Adams, won't do it. The new uh, public, well, not the new public advocate, the old public advocate, he certainly won't do it. He just wants to prosecute correctional officers and police. And the new controller who has subpoena power, Brad Lander, he won't do it. 
so it would have to come from the federal government if, in fact, there's a change in Washington, the midterm elections, if the Republicans can take over the Senate and the House, which I think they can do, and we can, can have a brand new Republican president uh, in three years, that could be done through the Department of Justice. Boy, that's a long time away. And yeah, I have a feeling I know where Bill and Charlene will be. They'll either be behind the sugarcane curtain of their beloved Cuba, where the Sada Shakur, a.k.a. Joanne Chesimar, the cop killer there. Or they'll be down in Nicaragua. Remember, they were down with the Sandinistas. They love Daniel Ortega, who's now turned out to be one of the biggest dictators of all, who lines up his enemies against the wall. The people who helped him in his own revolution against Samosa and the Contras, and he shoots them dead. You never hear de Blasio, who loved Ortega and probably still does, and Fidel and Raul Castro. You never hear him asked any questions by the press about, hey, what do you think of Daniel Ortega now, huh? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Leslie in Long Island. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Leslie, in 2022. How you doing, Curtis? I'd like to know why that... Uh, uh, hold on a second, Leslie. Hold on. Hey, we we got to... I don't know what it is. I try. I got to get out of here. I, I try. I tell all you callers, look, there's, uh, there's a protocol for calling. Don't do to me what you do with all the other talk show hosts and hostesses. And right away, it's like a tick. You know, it's like a nervous habit. You ask me how I'm doing. I want to tell you how I'm doing, Leslie. I've had better days. Kabish? Kabish, Leslie? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Uh... That district attorney who took, had a $1,000 bail for that uh, career criminal, he belongs to jail for manslaughter. I mean, depraved endeavors to human life. Let's face it. And there's other big things. You know, we know Andrew Cuomo committed manslaughter. Redfoot, Deadfoot, Lori Deadfoot, she's committed manslaughter. She could have had troops in there years ago. She would have, would have reduced the deaths. There'd be people alive today if it was for her. What the hell is he talking about? What the hell is a manslaughter? Hey, look, I'm no friend of Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, who is now housed on the Fredo compound in Southampton with his brother Chris Cuomo. And remember, his wartime consigliere Pococo, who's been sprung from federal jail, the leg breaker, uh, he got sprung early. He was supposed to do a six-year bid for federal corruption for getting wine-dined and uh, pocket-lined. Ah, no, 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 no. Way over the top. Way over the top. Let's go to Sergio, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Sergio. My man, you got my vote, baby. You should be. You should be the mayor elect. You should be in right now. Now, now let me ask you a question, Sergio. You're from New Jersey, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you think? What do you think? I'm a schmuck or putz? How the hell would you have voted for me from Jersey in New York? I couldn't. I, I said I couldn't, but I would have. Oh, oh okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Go ahead, Sergio. Eric Adams, who the hell's that? Come on. We need you. We don't need Eric Adams. Ah, well, look, he won fair and square. Uh, he won on a law and order platform. He's doing all the right things in his first day. Uh, it's going to be overwhelming for him. Uh, my biggest fear for Eric Adams is not that he can't get control of the city with law and order. He's making some of the right moves. Uh, his appointment of Eddie Caban, 
Eddie Capon, who I've known for years, 30-year cop veteran, uh, highest-ranking Hispanic now in the department, number two guy. Finally, they will go to the Latinos and Latinas, who are the minority majority in the police department, soon to be the majority, as they will soon be in the population of New York City. They're 27% of the population. Whites are 30%. Blacks are 24%. Asians are 16%. It's going to be a Latino-Latina majority. Uh, Eddie Caban was the right choice uh, to be number two. So I, I think he's going to get some good guidance. Uh, his choice of police commissioner wouldn't have been my choice. She's just not experienced enough. But apparently they're starting to buttress that with uh, appointments down the line. So, look, uh, I want Eric Adam Sergio to be successful because we have to save our city. Our city is in an enormous amount of trouble, sir. You understand? You got to put aside those personal differences to do what is best for our city that we love, right, Sergio? Hopefully, hopefully. Okay, yeah, hopefully. all right. Well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. But day number one is good. He's off to a good start. He responded to the cop who got shot in the head at the 25th precinct uh, while resting a little bit between shifts. Uh, I like the style. I like the activity. He's headed to the 103rd Precinct, I believe, in South Jamaica to talk to the men and women there as they shape up for their assignments. So a hell of a lot better than Bill de Blasio. And let's face it, Sergio, Zippy the Chimp, if Zippy the Chimp had been elected, he could have done a better job. Anybody could have done a better job than Bill de Blasio, Sergio. Said 100%. I think that, like what President Trump said, that if you kill a cop, you automatically on death row doesn't, you know, once you're convicted, you don't stay at death row for 20 years, 15 years, you go. When it's time to go, you go. And I think if you assault a cop or you shoot a cop, you know, if that cop is laying in the hospital shot because of you, guess what? Automatic 75 years. And if that cop dies, goes right to the right, right to the death row. No, there's no second chance. I got to tell you, Sergio, that is not happening in New York City or New York State. <laughs> not you got a guy like Eric Gonzalez, the DA in Brooklyn, who if you get caught with a loaded gun, a loaded gun, a 9mm loaded gun, you don't go to jail. You go to remediation. Uh, Oscar, please don't do that any longer. You know, it is a serious crime to be carrying a loaded 9mm gun in the streets of Kings County that I'm the DA in. Please, please, please don't do it anymore. Used to be a mandatory year in jail. There would be bail. Oh, no, that ain't happening. I don't know how Eric Adams is going to do with that. All these district attorneys, they just cut him loose, especially the brand-new district attorney in the biggest district attorney's office in all of America. Everybody looks to Manhattan. Used to be the privy of Morgenthau for decades. Then his hand-picked week one, Cyrus White Shoes Vance. Couldn't leave fast enough for me. The only thing he wanted to prosecute was Trump, never the criminals. And now we got this new guy who's a DSA justice warrior who takes his orders from AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, guess what? In the midst of this COVID-19 escalation of positive tests, where is AOC? She's down in South Beach on Collins Avenue. She's having sushi and a martini. They got the pictures. No mask, no mask, no mask. With her boy toy, uh, carrot boy, you know, with the, the red, uh, the red hairdo. He looks like a lumberjack day. He's wearing flip flops. What kind of man wears flip flops, right? He got these hairy toes. Looks like a barbarian. 
Hey, AOC, and instead of acknowledging, yeah, I'm down here vacationing in DeSantis land, a guy I criticize. She's criticizing DeSantis because he hasn't had a public schedule the last few days. Guess what, AOC? His wife's been diagnosed with serious breast cancer. They have three daughters. He's decided he needs to spend a little time with his wife as she goes through uh, chemotherapy. So insensitive. And yet AOC, the princess, the darling of the progressives and liberals in America, the uh, successor to Bernie. That's right, Bernie, the out the Sanders, says, that's right, AOC, when I drop dead, you're in charge. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. We're raising the roof. 24-7-365, I was broadcasting to all of you after Cousin Brucie welcomed in the new year as the ball dropped, broadcast for close to six straight hours, giving you all the nitty-gritty details of what was happening throughout the city of New York, throughout our tri-state area, throughout our country, and throughout the world. The most interesting parallel was south of the Mason-Dixon line, where they celebrated the new year, in New Orleans, in Nashville... In Charleston, nobody was masked up. Nobody was socially distant. Yet north of the border, the Mason-Dixon line, everybody was a sphinx, a mummy, socially distancing, fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. It's like two different countries. Two different countries. But let's return to New York City and this real piece of work. I wonder if this helps because James Conley's a white boy, a Caucasoid, a Caucasian. But it doesn't. You could be a black criminal, Hispanic criminal, Asian criminal, white criminal. You have defenders of criminality like these folks at the New York County Defender Services where all they want to do is cut him loose. Let me give you the background on this guy. Since 2019, 2019, this guy's 30 years old. He's been busted shoplifting a 100 times. Remember the old three strikes and you're out? We lock you up, throw away the key. They said, oh, that was too draconian. That was way, way too over the top. <laughs> but now you get to shoplift a hundred times. You get arrested, cut loose. Arrested, cut loose. In this most recent arrest at the Tanger in Tribeca. By the way, he went in there twice in the same day. Got arrested twice the same day for going into Tanger in Tribeca. And got a disappearance ticket, a desk appearance ticket. Well, this time, prosecutors asked for supervised release on this most recent case, which includes a felony count of third-degree burglary. Supervised release. Get out of here. There's no such thing. I'd like them to explain to DA's office what the hell supervised release is. What, put on a bracelet so that you just cut it off? You find the kitty cat in your apartment. You put it around the neck of the kitty cat. It makes it seem like you're actually on the premises where you're supposed to be. And you're out there shoplifting. A hundred times. What should be done to this career criminal? James Conley. By the way, he happens to be a cockazoid or white guy. Does this help? Because maybe he's taking advantage of his white privilege. A hundred arrests for shoplifting. He never does time. 
That's 1-800-848-WABC. Not far from us is the largest department store in America, Herald Square Macy's. Macy's used to have the worst shoplifting problem. It still does. In fact, they had a jail on the upper floor, a jail to hold the shoplifters bigger than the nearby Midtown South Precinct, the largest in Manhattan, a bigger jail system in Macy's than in Midtown South. So they would get these predicate shoplifters, many of them foreigners, many of them local yokels. They had their pictures on the wall. They clip them, the store detectives, they cuff them. And then the cops uh, from uh, Midtown South would come over and process the rest there, and they'd ship them down to the tombs in Central Brooking. That doesn't happen anymore. They just get disappearance tickets. And it used to be when Macy's would close at night, because it's such an old facility with nooks, crannies, and corners, a lot of the shoplifters would try to hide in the deep recesses of Macy's. So easy to do. So the house detectives, the last thing they would do is release Doberman pinches. And they'd be running all over the floors. And if you happen to be stuck on the inside, <laughs> you wouldn't dare go out and try to steal and then bum rush out the door the moment they opened up to start the day because the Dobermans kept you at bay. Now they removed the Dobermans. They said, oh, you know, you can't do that. What would you do to this guy, James Conley, age 30, has already been arrested a 100 times for shoplifting. That doesn't even count the many successful times because, let's face it, shoplifters will go into a store and security or management or the clerks or who's ever hired, they won't, they won't even do anything to stop them any longer because they just feel it's not worth risking your life. And the DAs are just going to cut them loose. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. What would you do with this mutt? This predicate offender? Let me tell you. James Conley, age 30, busted 100 times. That only accounts for the times he's been arrested. He's probably done it a 1,000 or more times. But the New York County Defender Service has said, we need to understand his emotional issues. His drug issues. We're never going to be able to really deal with the shoplifting until we deal with the underlying issues. Yes, we will. Lock them up. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Fred in Bayside. Your turn to be heard here. The first of the day, 2022 on WABC, Fred. Yes, sir, Curtis. Uh, we love you here. I voted for you. I made sure my whole family voted for you. But now, now, hold on a second, Fred. Lower your radio. We're catching the reverb. And as we start the new year, if everybody who has called me since I returned to WABC actually voted for me, their whole family voted for me, their friends or relatives, they filled out absentee ballots, uh, they did early voting or they voted on Election Day, November 2nd, I would have been sworn in as the mayor last night, Fred. Well, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm right about that. See, I'm not going to let you chew my shorts and pull my chain, Fred. Come on. I get it. You voted for me. I lost. Let's move on. What's on your mind, Fred? Curtis, I have to take issue with something he said. I wouldn't even bother to arrest these guys, the criminals, the shoplifters. How about this solution? Put them on a plane, give them enough money to incentivize them, and take them to a third-world country. Uh, give them enough money to get acclimated so they won't want to come back here to get a muchacha, a one-way ticket to a third-world country. All right, all right so let me let me uh, try this on for size. Uh, 
We catch a shoplifter. In this case, it's a white guy, James Connolly. I'm assuming he's Irish. Uh, let's say we spin the wheel of fortune. We give him an opportunity, right? Hey, you go to the uh, country of origin of your choice. I'm sure somewhere in his background he's got Irish uh, blood. We send you to the land of Era Era, to Dublin. Kulak, Finlock, Valley Fairmont. You really think they're going to want him there, Fred? You really think they're going to want him in Ireland or maybe Costa Rica or El Salvador or Guatemala or Honduras or Bolivia or Peru? You really think they're going to want him, Fred, huh? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. I guess they wouldn't want him, but... Uh, uh, What's the point of arresting them if they're going to be released? Yeah, well, that, that, that now, now you're coaching. Now you're making sense. But, hey, Fred, deporting them, giving them a one-way ticket at taxpayers' expense so they could shoplift down there. Well, uh, uh, this is the holiday season. If they go to Central America, they deport them to uh, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, or Mexico, where this guy definitely is not from. What's he going to do, go into a store and shoplift tamales? Because, you know, the tamales are the big thing that they eat during the holidays uh, down there for New Year's. Well, what is he going to do, shoplift tamales? Yeah, but he can then make his way to the southern border and uh, at least make an effort. Yeah, but you see, then he can show his Vax uh, passport and say, I've already been injected. I've already had my Pfizer shots or my Moderna shots or my Johnson & Johnson at taxpayers' expense. Fred... This is an unworkable suggestion. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But it gets worse. It gets worse. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse than this, as advocates say that this serial shoplifter who shoplifted 100 times and never done time needs mental health care night jail. Coming to a neighborhood near you, there will be vending machines. Yes, vending machines. And in these vending machines, they will uh, have uh, free needles, clean needles. They will have other uh, drug paraphernalia. Uh, They will have a number of items in a vending machine. In a neighborhood coming to you, there will be 10 of them. Total cost is $750,000. And wait till you hear the rationale behind this, the vending machines. Everything has to do with color in New York City, right? Everything is uh, clouded by what color you are. In this particular case, and this is what is so crazy, our New York City Department of Health is putting these vending machines in, not on Park Avenue, you know, in Manhattan, but maybe along Park Avenue in the Bronx or Park Avenue in Brooklyn, but let me read to you uh, their press release from today. The Department of Health is committed to improving health outcomes for all New Yorkers by explicitly advancing racial equity and social justice. Is that what they're supposed to do? Racial equity does not mean simply treating everyone equally, but rather allocating resources and services in such a way that explicitly addresses barriers imposed by structural racism i.e. policies and institutional practices that perpetrate racial inequity and white privilege. What the hell does that have to do with putting vending machines into neighborhoods, dispensing needles, drug paraphernalia, and everything that goes along with it? Can you believe this? We pay for this crap. 
Thankfully, uh, the brand new city councilman, David Carr from Mid-Island and Staten Island said, (laughs) he said, this idea is the height of absurdity. Of course it's the height of absurdity. And Mid-Island and Staten Island is targeted for one of these vending machines. We're not talking a vending machine for Lay's potato chips, Frito-Lay's, Wise potato chips. No, no, no. Hey, I want my needles. I want my drug pound for now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I guarantee you, they're not going to be able to pay for it, so they're probably going to have a debit card. Who supplies the debit card? Like food coupones, you know, a snap card? You'll get a snap card to be able to buy all of this at a vending machine in your freaking neighborhoods. So who's going to come here and do that? Would your local junkies do that? I'm sure they would. But for some of you, it will attract junkies from outside your neighborhoods. And when the junkies come from outside your neighborhoods, who is going to be feeding the beast, selling them the drugs that they need to inject? Well, of course, the drug dealers. Selling them the fentanyl, selling them the heroin, selling them the crack, selling them the meth, selling them the K2 so they can roll it up and smoke themselves into a drug-induced coma, right? But now, don't worry about it. The IRS is going to take care of these drug dealers. That's right. This federal agency was flexing over the New Year's holiday by issuing a memorandum to all drug dealers, all criminals, white-collar criminals, no-collar criminals, blue-collar criminals. All the IRS cares is that you fill out your 1040. You committed crime, you made money, hey, you got to fill out your 1040. Uh, We're not going to ask you any other questions. Well, you better pay your taxes or we're going to put you in jail. Now. Now, I wonder if any of the 85,000 IRS agents that would be hired if this uh, build it back uh, bill ever gets pushed through the Senate at the start of the new year, as promised by Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, the schmuck to putz. Would any of those 85,000 IRS agents be going after drug in- drug dealers, home invaders, people who uh, do uh, fake currency, people who extort, people who do white collar crimes to make sure they pay their taxes on their 1040? This is crazy. And this federal agency, part of the Treasury Department, will never share this information with the DEA, with the FBI, with the Department of Justice, with county sheriff's offices, municipal police departments, or state police. This is crazy. You know, almost as crazy as ICE. ICE, the federal agency, Immigration and Naturalization Service, Lemigra. They know all the gangbangers who are coming in and out of the country from Central America, from the West Indies, the Caribbean, from ports unknown. They know. They track them. But local law enforcement has been told in the sanctuary states, which New Jersey has been for decades, which New York has been for decades, that if you're law enforcement, you're not to cooperate with ICE. They know who all these gangbangers are. They track them going in and out of the country, committing crimes, and then going on the vamoose. Brand new mayor Eric Adams has called ICE thugs. Kathy Hokum, it's Hokum, not Hoku, because she's full of nonsense. She won't deal with ICE. Andrew Evil Ice Cuomo called them thugs on many an occasion. And yet here is this resource available to every law enforcement agency, can track drug dealing, can track the transfer of illegal proceeds. And I'll bet you that even Treasury, the IRS, will not even work with ICE. And we pay for all of this nonsense, this dysfunction. 
We have more than enough law enforcement, more than enough agencies. You think there'd be some synergy, they'd all be on one page and work cooperatively together for the benefit of citizens so we can be crime-free, drug-free? Not. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to uh, Steve in Central Jersey. Your turn to be heard here, the beginning of the year 2022 on WABC, Steve. Hey, Curtis. Curtis, it has always been the law that you were supposed to report earnings from illegal activities. The only difference is, if you, here's the news flash. Ready, Curtis? That the Biden administration is saying, do it, report it, and we'll make sure that you're not reported to the appropriate law enforcement agency. Right? By the way, Betty White was two weeks away from being 100 and lose the sissy boy music. Go ahead. Your turn. The sissy boy music, uh, this Weisenheimer here. You're exactly right. That's always been the laws of the IRS. But now there's an advisory about enforcement. It never used to be sent out by the IRS before. It was an understood. An understood. And now that we may get an additional 80,000 to 85,000 uh, IRS agents. They certainly can't take money from the poor and the indigent. They don't have any money to pay taxes. The whales, the rich, the super rich, uh, they know how to shield their wealth with their accountants and their lawyers. So who are they going to end up raking over the coals? The upper middle class, the middle class, and the lower middle class. And now they're claiming the drug dealers, the white-collar criminals, the extortionists, the shakedown artists, the insurance fraud experts. But they won't share that with law enforcement. Oh, when we come back, this this is the best story of the day in the We Be Thugging updates. Let's say you're diagnosed, uh, you're a positive coronavirus. Uh, the rates are skyrocketing all throughout the five boroughs of the city of New York. They're at about now 20%. 20% of those tested. And the lines keep going round the block at all the testing places. The city of New York at taxpayers' expense will set you up at a quarantine hotel. That's right. Because they say, well, you may not want to be at home and expose your loved ones, your family, your friends, uh, your roommates, whatever. Your gumadas uh, to the coronavirus, okay? So they'll put you up at a hotel at taxpayers' expense. Wait till you see what the city of New York will do for you. If you're diagnosed as being positive coronavirus, and they're not only going to pay for three squares a day in the hotel, they're not only going to put you up, but wait till you hear about the customer service that you wouldn't even get as a normal customer. At a five-star hotel. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. So it can't be any worse than we've already had in eight years when Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, single-handedly took a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball and has destroyed the city that we love. Eric Adams, his first day, you're getting it live from yours truly, Curtis Lever. Forget our uh, newscast. Stale news. I'm insulted by that. 
Uh, news guy is telling us what happened yesterday. I need the news of today. That's why you listen to Curtis Lee with 24-7-365, because I've got my pulse. Um, Mig finger on the pulse of what's going on in the city. As I told you, Eric Adams started his day at 8 a.m. in the morning. Left his townhouse that he's never been at before, because we know he lives in Fort Lee, New Jersey, apartment 22H with his gal pal there. Okay, he's not going to be living there anymore. He's got to move into Gracie Mansion. But unfortunately, the dead brick, uh, the dead beat, the gold brick, the slacker is still there. De Blasio and Charlene, they got to be moved to the Marriott Hotel, the penthouse suite, probably a taxpayer's expense in downtown Brooklyn, until their Park Slope house is fully rehabbed. We're probably paying for that, too. But anyway, Eric Adams started out. He rode the J train in to work from Kosciuszko Street. He was high above the street. It's an elevated track. He looked down below outside the Mickey D's. There were three guys fighting. He decided, hey, I'm going down there and breaking them up. He calls 911. Uh, the operator says, who's this? He goes, it's Mayor Eric Adams. I need a squad car down there. There are guys squabbling. Squad cars show up, two of them, 90th Precinct. They didn't do anything. The guys got in the car, drove away. Eric Adams, to his credit, said, I got to talk to these coppers. They should have at least questioned him. Then he takes the ride in in one solid car on the J train to City Hall. There's a homeless guy stretched out on the seat. There's an emotionally disturbed person babbling all over the place. Another guy was half in the bag, still celebrating New Year's, screaming at the mayor, Hey, you want to see my vax card? You want to see my vax card? This is just a little taste of what average everyday people have to go through in the belly of the beast in New York City. And hopefully Adams will deal with it. He's at 8.30 in the morning. He's having his first staff meeting. Uh, right on time. This is what Rudy always used to do. This is what Koch did. This is what David Dinkins did. But obviously not de Blasio. He had to have his workout at his Park Slope Y at 10. Then go across the street to get his, his croissant and his cup of coffee. By 11 o'clock, he was on his way to City Hall. Took a nap in the basement there for an hour. Finally went to work at 12. Knocked it off at 8 o'clock at night. That's why he was the part-time mayor. To his credit, Eric Adams is showing uh, moxie. So while he had his first staff meeting at 830, he's made aware that a police officer has been shot while uh, laying out in his private car in the parking lot of the 25th Precinct in East Harlem on 119th Street between Park Avenue and Lexington Avenue between shifts. They have not caught the gunman. They don't know if it was an errant shot or if it was a planned assassination or execution of the cop. He was brought to Columbia Presbyterian. He will survive. He was shot in the head right through the passenger side of his private vehicle. Eric Adams shows up, 25th Precinct, the brand-new police commissioner, some of the police brass, and, yeah, Patty Lynch of the PBA, they say all the right things. And then he goes out to the 103rd Precinct to meet and greet the cops who are showing up for their tour of duty. He's having another press conference out there. Uh, He's pumping up the morale of the police who have had their morale hit rock bottom under de Blasio. So he's doing all the right things. Uh, I would say uh, after the first few days, uh, a little less on the press conferences, a little more on the nitty gritty. But I understand the first uh, first days is May. You got to answer a lot of questions. So we need to give Eric Adams our support because he's going to need a lot of help in saving our city. The city is in bad shape. My biggest fear for Eric Adams is some of the guys he's put on board of his new his new uh, 
his new administration, his gatekeeper, his chief of staff, Frank Carone, the corrupt attorney of the corrupt Kings County Democratic machine. I know Frank. He's a Canarsie boy. Man, that's double trouble. That is double trouble. That is a bad move, Eric. But then again, you get to make bad moves and good moves. Uh, we'll continue to track that. That's why you want to listen to Curtis Lee. Because I keep you updated on what's happening. You don't need 1010. You don't need CBS. You get it from the city kid. I know where all the bones are buried and who buried it. And now here's the latest. You're going to love this one. <laughs> so you get diagnosed uh, positive uh, coronavirus test. And you don't want to go home because uh, you don't have enough space and you have no way to quarantine. So the city at taxpayers' expense will put you up at what they call a quarantine hotel. And so there's one in Elmhurst, right uh, across the street from LaGuardia Airport. It's called the LaGuardia Plaza Hotel. So when you check in and you have all the right, uh, right paperwork, they'll ask you, hey, you got any alcohol? Alcohol they won't allow on the premise. But if you got any weed, uh, they'll bag your weed, they'll weigh it, and they'll distribute it to you during sanctioned smoke breaks. Get this. Cigarettes are also allowed, which normally they're not allowed. But, hey, you know, we got to placate uh, the users uh, and the smokers. So I asked the question to all of our listeners. As the attendants at these quarantine hotels like this particular one, the LaGuardia Plaza Hotel in East Elmhurst, when they take your, your, your bag of smoke, they weigh it, and they'll distribute it to you during your sanctioned smoke breaks. You get 15 minutes different smoke breaks during the day. Do they take out the seeds and stems for you, too, and roll up the joints, roll up a few fatties for you? This is crazy. Let's go to the phones. It's Cynthia calling from Uniondale. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Cynthia. Hi, Curtis. I want to wish you and yours the best of health. Happy New Year for you all. And I wish you were the mayor. God, your mind's full of, you know, everything. You really do. Anyway, getting back to that dude that keeps, um, you know, robbing uh, places and getting off. It sounds barbaric, but maybe they should put him in the middle of Times Square. It does sound barbaric. And start chopping off his fingers one by one and see if anybody would like to participate and and going stealing. Uh, so uh, this is like Sharia law in some uh, very observant Muslim countries, whether the uh, Shias or Sunnis, uh, Saudi Arabia or Iran, they catch you stealing, they'll chop off your fingers or chop off your hand. Is that what you're it's suggesting, it's, Cynthia? <laughs> it's what they do over there. And I mean, not that there are any examples to follow, but just like a little taste of it, or maybe just to threaten him and let the people, the public watch it and say, oh, God, maybe we should think twice. And as far as the IRS goes and all those criminals, they don't give a darn about society and about the people. They pocket. If they can get the money, they, all they care about is money. It's the root of all evil. It's always been like this. It's, it's terrible. All right. Well, well, Cynthia, it's interesting. You want to use Sharia law. And catch the shoplifter like this guy, James Connolly. Does it help that he's white? Does it help that he's white? No, no, no. It, it doesn't. You would think that these justice warriors, uh, the Democrat Socialists of America, would throw this guy under the bus because he's not a person of color and say, no, 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 no. He's, he's been the beneficiary of white privilege. No. 
They say that even though James Conley, age 30, has been arrested a 100 times for shoplifting, and that only accounts for the times he's been arrested and cut loose, you know, no bail. Uh, how many times did he successfully shoplift without being pinched? Probably 10 times for every one arrest. And uh, Cynthia is suggesting Sharia law. Catch him uh, and then chop off his fingers. You know, it could be uh, Saudi Arabian style. It could be uh, it could be uh, the Ayatollah style in Tehran in Iran. Anyway, let's go to Carol in Bayside. Your turn to be heard here first day of the year 2022, Carol. Happy, happy new year to you, Curtis, you and your entire family. I just wanted to quickly tell you three things. Uh, the first thing is that I am absolutely spellbound and, because you are so phenomenal. I and most probably hundreds, if not thousands of people share my viewpoint. Secondly, I think that the new Mayor uh, Adams should appoint you official goodwill ambassador, troubleshooter for the entire city of New York. And third, which is what I told your call screener, is I think it's awful that Governor Cuomo gets to keep his $5 million book deal, whereas he should give it back plus interest. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. But they're hemming and hawing on that. He ripped us off to taxpayer. He used his own staff on government time to write the book in the middle of the pandemic while 16,000 elderly were dying in long-term health care units that he assigned them to with uh, positive coronavirus in league with the, uh, as we now find out, the actual uh, senior citizen home operators uh, who knew who knew what the, what the situation was. It was a an evil cabal. But you're right, Carol. Uh, and guess what, Carol? Do you know what Andrew evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Francia Bruta Cuomo has, that police officers have been stripped of? Do you know what that is, Carol? No. What, what exactly is it? Qualified immunity. That means that whatever he did in office... Uh, this uh, equates to judges uh, who wrongfully uh, assign innocent men or women to jail, DAs who wrongfully prosecute, elected officials who steal or elected officials who commit crimes while in office. Qualified immunity means that we pay for their defense. We, the taxpayers, the sucker taxpayers. Meantime, a cop is stripped of qualified immunity, and Eric Adams wants to do that. Uh, He's led that effort. So that means a cop has to stand alone if charged, if accused, uh, probably having to pay for his own defense. But if you're Andrew Evilized Cuomo and you're the governor perv uh, and you've uh, misused uh, the office uh, that you're in charge of, the executive office in Albany, we pay for all your legal expenses. How, How hypocritical is that, Carol? I think it's awful, and I think he's getting away scot-free, and it's awful, and probably many thousands of people share my viewpoint. Oh, no doubt about it, but guess what? Tish James ain't going to do anything about that. The state attorney general, Kathy Holcomb, her name is Holcomb because it means nonsense. It's not going to do anything about it. The Democrats in charge, they're not going to do anything about it. That's why we need a brand-new Republican governor some of you are supporting Lee Zeldin, the congressman out in Suffolk County. Some of you are supporting Rob Astorino, unfortunately diagnosed uh, coronavirus positive. Hopefully he gets better. 
Uh, or you can support the candidate that I put my full support behind, Andrew Giuliani, son of Michael Mbaricich, Rudy Giuliani, who's like, bing, 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 ricochet rabbit in all 62 counties. He's been campaigning, and he's ahead in all the Republican polls. Yeah, we need a new Republican governor. Anyway, let's go to Rick in Huntington County. Your turn to be heard here to start of the year 2022 here on WABC, Rick. Hey, Turk. You know, all these store owners who got ripped off should each have a shot with a sledgehammer and smash the living heck out of that guy's hand. He'll never pick anything up again in his life. Oh, that's an interesting takeoff on uh, what used to happen in Newark. Uh, The leader of a civic group uh, in uh, North Newark along Bloomfield Avenue was Tony Imperiali, who went on to be assemblyman, went on to run for governor. He failed to win as governor. Uh, and they would grab uh, those that stole pocketbooks. They'd snatch them up. They'd make a public display of them right on the corner. They'd grab their hand, put it out on the curb, and then take a ball-peen hammer and smash their knuckles. Uh, you're talking a little bit of that kind of action, Rick? Yeah, I think that's the right direction because, you know, these people, they say they're mentally ill. They're not mentally ill. They know exactly what they're doing, okay? You know, they're all a bunch of drug addicts. They're doing whatever the hell they want because it's a blasio with this no bail system and Cuomo. You know, it's a free-for-all out there. And, you know, although, although, as much as I've attacked Bill de Blasio, and there's a lot of reasons to continue to attack him on the way out, he never advocated no bail. Uh, that was Hasty, Speaker of the Assembly from the Bronx. Uh, that's Cousins. Uh, who is the majority leader of the Senate from Yonkers, and that was Andrew Evilized Cuomo, and now coupled with Kathy Hochul. Uh, de Blasio never asked for no cash bail. One of the few things that he, he did to separate himself from the cabal. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, so nice. Uh, you get your New Jersey update up next. It's a very good show. I learn a lot about Jersey. Uh, I know some, but it helps me know more. And then I'm back at it again. That's right. Back at it again tonight, 12 midnight to 5 in the morning, straight five hours. I'll be able to give you updates on everything that was going on in the streets today. Eric Adams, first day in office. He's off to a good start. And also about getting Bill de Blasio out of Gracie Mansion. Apparently, he won't leave yet. And he's scheduled, he and Charlene to be living in the penthouse temporarily at the Marriott Hotel, downtown Brooklyn, of course, at taxpayers' expense. And he's going to have police security for six months, even though he defunded the police. Like these other hypocrites, Jumani Williams, the public advocate who lives on the active military base Fort Hamilton, the active garrison, he wants to defund the police. And the new controller, Brad Lander, who wants the full complement of the NYPD security on day number one at the start of his day, Eric Adams didn't have it. Maybe they ought to follow in the footsteps of the brand new mayor, Eric Adams. We'll wrap it all up for you tonight, 12 midnight to 5 in the morning.